Hello, I'm Amy Stevenson and this is The Human CEO. In each episode, we'll be meeting with CEOs and senior leaders to understand their approach to leadership, the challenges they faced and how they overcame them. We'll also be asking what they feel it takes to be a great leader. You know, you need to be able to say in two minutes specifically and exactly what you're doing and what you're about yeah. in any given walk of life. And that really, really stuck with me. And it, it, it's just that, you know, that quick, right, can I answer this question in two minutes? Can I convey what I'm all about in two minutes? Welcome to The Human CEO. I'm your host, Amy Stevenson, and today I'm joined by Simon Brown. Simon's the Managing Director of Sniffers Pet Care, an award-winning family-owned business with over 40 years of experience in the pet industry. Simon joined the business in 2017, and the business has since delivered growth, including the acquisition of a new 22,500 foot premises. Simon joins us today to share his insight as a leader and a human CEO. Thank you for joining us, Simon. Good to have you with us. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Good to be here. Thank you. Fantastic. So can you tell us a little bit about Sniffers Pet Care and the organisation that you lead, please? Uh, Yeah, sure. So uh, Sniffers Pet Care is a pet distribution business um, based in Halifax. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess it's a a sort of a third generation family business as it currently stands. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's changed over the last sort of 30, 40, uh, maybe even 50 years, actually. Uh, My granddad and his brothers had a chain of pet stores across the M62 belt, um, which were quite prevalent in the 70s, 80s and 90s. Um, And then as the market sort of dynamic shifted, um, they moved slowly into distribution. Um, And then my dad started leading that side of it, um, sort of 2012-ish. Um, working with a brand out of Europe, so he got the distribution rights for the business there, and then and then since then it's gone from I guess a lifestyle business um, for for him and uh, him and my uh, my mum, um, and then it's sort of grown out into sort of sniffers pet care as we as we sit in a twenty two thousand square foot warehouse right now. Fantastic, fantastic. And so you joined the business about five years ago. Five years next year. Yeah, yeah. It's five years in in, in January um, yeah. since I joined the business. Um, so quite a change since then. Yeah, yeah. And so as a as a managing director of that kind of organisation, what kind of challenges are you up against at the minute? <laughs> right right now, uh, <laughs> it, it, right now every conversation is unfortunately um, inflationary related. Oh, yeah, right, supply okay. chain and inflation. Yeah. Um, okay. We're just, you know, we're being hit by cost increases in, in every in every facet, um, which is, you know, something that, you know, personally I've probably never experienced at this level. You know, you've seen it in, in, in components, um, Mm. over the last five years and, you know, you've seen sort of 5% here and there, but, you know, we're seeing raw material move anywhere up to 20, 25%, which is obviously significant jumps. Yeah, yeah. And that you don't necessarily have the flexibility within your margin to accommodate immediately. Mm-hmm. So they're the they're the challenges that we're facing. I know that we're not alone in that. You know, yeah. not even in the sector. Um, everyone I speak to, um, even you know peers in other industries, are all facing into the same issues. Yeah. Um, so they're you know inf- the inflationary pressures are very very live, and I think that will translate into uh, into some sort of new level of consumer pricing yeah. in sort of Q one Q two next year, which. You know, the consumer is a little bit, a little bit worrying, but mm-hmm. I, I guess we are where we are. It's unprecedented times again. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And so, what's the remedy to that then? Is it is it a case of finding ways to differentiate sniffers and then increase that pricing, or is it a case of just people are going to have to pay more because of inflation because it's happening across the board? Yeah, I think I think where we sit, um, ultimately the. You, 
you know, the, the commodity products, uh, mm-hmm. the, the items that are on a shelf that, are, that yeah. you know, in some ways are quite discretionary. You know, you choose to feed your dog or treat your dog, yeah, sorry, yeah. or, or, or yeah, not, yeah. and you can you can choose to indulge or, or not. So th- there's an element of that where we're just, the price is just going to have to move and there's, there's going to be a new level of expectation from the retailer. And then, you know, six to 12 months time, we'll need to understand whether that, you know whether the retailer um, is willing to accept the the, the new price points, and mm-hmm. and and then if that's if that's a no, then we need to look at or try and preempt the choices around product set uh, and SKUs. But you know, mm-hmm. the live scenario is that we can only move upwards, unfortunately, because yeah, you yeah. know otherwise, you know, we'd go out of business and, and there'd yeah. be no product available within the market. So mm-hmm. that, it's, it's definitely a concern. But I think what you've got to do is. Is move sensibly, um, uh-huh. absorb what you can, um, look at look at you know cutting cost in other ways, mm-hmm. um, and be be as smart as you can and efficient as you can to try and to try and drive your cost base down and, and soak up as much as you can. Yeah, yeah. And and so your journey into leadership then was it always the plan that you follow in your granddad and your your dad's footsteps? No, or? no, 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 absolutely not. No. So if you'd have asked me. Uh, five years ago, I'd have said, mm. oh, so even six years ago, I'd say absolutely yeah. no chance. I'd never want to be anywhere near the family business. So <laughs> it's quite strange that I'm sat there at Saturday now, I guess. Um, what changed? I, I, I just, so I, I was sort of career Lloyds Banking Group. Um, yeah, yeah. So I, I graduated uni and went straight into Lloyds. Mm-hmm. Um, loved the place, did really well, you know, sort of excelled in certain areas particularly uh, inside the analysis side of things mm-hmm. um and moved through the business so i did a stint as an ea in um in london which sort of changed sort of how i understood a bank works and, and yeah. probably how i understood leadership more than anything else okay. um and then probably burnt out you know okay. i'm very open about this um, i probably got to the point where i was burning the candle at both ends if not yeah. trying trying to blow it up yeah. Um, so uh, I just woke up one morning and, and realised that I needed a change. Uh, there was stuff going on outside of work, which also mm-hmm. was having a, a big impact on on, on me. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and that's where the I guess the the big trigger point was. Um, I then had a long conversation with my uh, parents around, you know, their aspirations for the business. There was still huge room to grow. Um, and there was also, it's also been about building a mechanism for them to generate a, a, a bit of a pension. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so there is definitely some sort of, you know, target within there for, for me to try and achieve within the business. So, yeah, yeah it, it wasn't something that was dead on the radar at all. Um, I didn't expect we'd get it to this sort of scale this quickly. Um, you know, in under four years, but you know, the whole market's moved over COVID. Everyone got a dog, yeah, <laughs> which yeah, is yeah. obviously good for business in, in many ways. So absolutely, things, things certainly changed. Absolutely. And so moving into that leadership role then, that was unexpected, I guess, at the, at the time, but was that quite a steep learning curve or did you find that your experience in the past and sort of watching your dad and your granddad helped you? No, I think, you know, my experience at Lloyd's actually helped more than anything else. I, you know, I managed and led teams mm-hmm. um, within that business. I've been very, very exposed to, uh, I guess, senior leaders within the business as, as an EA and as, I yeah. guess as, as someone's right-hand man, uh, you do get quite exposed to mm-hmm. how they operate as, as leaders. You can monitor, observe, pick out the best bits and, and throw yeah. away what you don't find that useful. Um, I, I am an observational learner. I, I've mm-hmm. always found that that's the best and fastest way to to learn. Um, yeah. and, and, you know, that's probably stood me in good stead. You know, I, like anyone, I 
probably get it right less than half the time. But I think as long as you're doing that, then you're probably moving a little bit forward. Yeah, yeah. As long as you're learning, I guess that's all the matter. Yeah, exactly. I, I, you know, I, I read a lot about lifetime learning. I think you know it's, it's critical for anyone if you if you want to succeed, you have to be a lifetime learner because yeah. you know the world moves so quickly, yeah, and the markets move so quickly, and, and I guess consumer appetite changes uh, mm-hmm. rapidly. Yeah, yeah, and their behaviours as well. We've seen that over. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah, and so with regards to leadership, then you mentioned the leaders that you'd you'd come across in in Lloyd's, and obviously you've been exposed to to other leaders throughout your career. Are there characteristics that you think are prevalent across most leaders, or are there characteristics that you think are particularly um, that are required for success in leadership? I, I think you know the principles that I sort of navigate towards i think is probably the best way to view it is Hmm. it's personable i think you know anyone should be able to have you know a conversation with a leader you know probably about any topic that's that's happening within their life you know Mm -hmm. there's always going to be that element of uh, i guess professional courtesy um but they can provide a, a viewpoint i think one of the things that i found quite interesting actually when you come into a family business is that emotional filter that you have in the workplace is just removed and you don't even realise it's removed. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, the conversation is quite fiery mm-hmm. uh, and, and very charged, which for probably about six months, it took me a long time to try and figure out what was going on. I wasn't quite, you know, hang on a minute, and you never speak to like that in, in a professional environment outside yeah. of this business. Why is that occurring? And and that sort of emotional filter is just gone. It's not there. Um, yeah. So that, that has been a bit of an interesting dynamic on a family business. But from a leadership side, I think it, it's, it, you know, it's about being personable, but I think it's also about being, you know, very specific about what you're asking for uh, a, a people and, and a group of people and try and disseminate that information down into two or three things. If you overall someone with, yeah. you know, with tasks, then they're never going to be able to, A, probably achieve the big long list that you're providing with, but B, uh, be given the scope to then go away and interpret what do those two or three things mean and how do I achieve that goal yeah. rather than having that, you know, 25 list of things to do to, to, to get to the next step. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So it's that clarity and sort of keep it simple. Yeah. 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 Like working threes, we try to do, you know, if, yeah. if, it, if the message is more than three bullets, it's too many. Yeah. Let's take it a step back. Yeah. Let's go from there. Perfect. And so in terms of your experience of leaders in the past, is there sort of an experience or a piece of advice that someone offered you previously that shaped your leadership style and that approach? I think that disseminating information came back from, uh, I worked in a call centre on a deck, mm. as a debt collector <laughs> uh, at university. Um, yeah. and, and, and the guy, I can't even remember his name or his face, but I can remember yeah. that he said, just get your elevator chat nailed. Um, you know, you need to be able to say in two minutes specifically and exactly what you're doing and what you're about yeah. uh, in any given walk of life. And that really, really stuck with me. Um, yeah. And it, it's just that, you know, that quick, right, can I answer this question in two minutes? Can I, you know, convey what I'm all about in two minutes? Yeah. Um, and, it, it, you know, I'm probably guilty about trying to disseminate everything into these short, sharp little bits of um palatable information but uh, and sometimes there's like a an attention to detail question that you know does bury his head um but i do think the more you can do it at that level the quicker you can you can churn through work yeah definitely okay and thinking about your sort of 
advice to someone that was either looking to follow in your footsteps or about to take a step up into a leadership role, what would you say to them? What, what do you, what advice would you share? I, I think you're going to feel in, you're going to have imposter syndrome. I think, you know, one of the, you know, being completely transparent, one of the things that probably caused me a few issues is I had imposter, imposter syndrome in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's very difficult to articulate that. And it's even scarier to try and tell your peer or yeah. your boss that you're freaking out and you, yeah. you don't feel like you can handle the responsibility. And it, and it isn't about handling it. Everyone feels it. I think, you mm-hmm. know, the more, the more experienced, the older you get, you realise that everyone's sort of in the same boat in that, in that scenario. Yeah. Um, I guess at that time I was, what, 20, 28, 29 30, I wasn't experienced enough to realise what was going on around me. Um, yeah. And I probably needed uh, a bit more wool on my back, as they say, um, before you understand that, you know, it's okay to have imposter syndrome at times yeah. and, you can, and you can handle it. And actually it's probably a good thing because it keeps you on your toes. Yeah, uh, you, don't get, you, don't get, you don't get complacent um, mm-hmm. and you can empathise with people a little bit more. Um, but that's one thing I would say, you, you know, you're going to face into it. Yeah. Don't worry about it. It's there. It, it, it's, it's absolutely going to happen. Yeah, um, but but it can be dealt with. Absolutely. Brilliant advice. I think the paradox with imposter syndrome, and I'm 41 now and I've only just figured this out, but most people get imposter syndrome, which means most people are too worried about themselves to be worried about whether or not you're an imposter. Yeah, correct. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's a paradox yeah. of it, isn't it? But yeah, that's brilliant advice. I would say, yeah. Yeah, there was like another line that like, why are you so arrogant to think that everyone's thinking about you? I know that's like a negative <laughs> yeah, yeah. way of yeah, doing yeah. it, but yeah. yeah, it's the other way around, I guess. Yeah, definitely. And and so thinking about leaders then, so you've mentioned that some of the people that you met at Lloyd's and obviously your, your granddad and your, I'm sure your dad and your, pe- your parents would have been an influence for you. But is there a leader, past or present, famous or otherwise, that you sort of identify with or admire? Yeah, I, I mean, you know, closer to home, you know, no one works harder than my dad uh, and his, okay. his enthusiasm for the industry, you know, is limitless. Um, mm-hmm. any, anyone that you will, who you will come into contact who's having any exposure to my dad will say, you know, he, he, he's mad in many ways <laughs> um, because he absolutely loves it. That's inspiring, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and it does, it does force you to get out of bed at the morning to try and compete a little bit with that. Right. Um, but but stand out, you know, the, the 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 part, you know, the role I had within Lloyd's, working alongside Alison Britton, who's now chief exec of Whitbread, um, was probably a standout time for me because. You know that was, uh, you know, she was um, the head of retail, the head of the retail business uh, division within the business at the, at the mm-hmm. time. Um, you know, you, you're talking forty, fifty thousand employees under a, under a guys, um, and you know, she was phenomenal as a leader in in my opinion. She sort of, sort of changed how I, like I say, how I approach my thinking on that. Um, you know, her her ability to sort of move at different levels of stakeholders and engage mm-hmm. was was sort of second to none. I've never seen anything like that. Um, uh, so, yeah, for me, that was, you know, it really sort of set me up to think about things differently in the future and how you want to be perceived as a leader. Mm-hmm. You, you know, that's a very aspirational individual. And, you know, if I forget a third of the way there, I'm probably doing all right. So, yeah, yeah she, she's definitely a standout. 
Fantastic. Brilliant. And is there anything that you're reading at the minute on leadership or business management that you would recommend to someone that's either a peer or looking to follow any footsteps, anything that's been influential or particularly helpful? I, I guess what I am actually reading, which has been, is it's a, it's an MBA, but it's a visual and MBA. So it's like okay. a, a, a guy's done, he's gone through the MBA process. Yeah. But he's just, he's done um, drawings and scribbles to articulate each of the modules and each of the uh, sections of the MBA. But it just gives you an easy sort of book to sort of dip in and look at conceptual models and say, right, okay, well, yeah. pricing looks like this, you know, inflation in the past has looked like that. It, it's very easy to sort yeah. of take in. Uh, it's something that I just have sat next to my desk, can dip in and out of quite quite easily. Um, I've not seen that, but it sounds like a great idea. Yeah, yeah, it, is. it just makes life so much easier. Um, yeah. And you just, you know, every time you've got a, a little bit of a problem or a, 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 a knotty issue, you can mm-hmm. sort of think, right, well, there must be some sort of context or yeah. theory that uh, someone with far more academic rigour than me has, has gone through to uh, to answer it. Brilliant. Good. Thank you for that tip. And and so, what's happening over the next six to twelve months at Sniffers? What's on the what's on the cards for twenty twenty two? Continue growth. So, you know, obviously um, we've seen uh, a bit of a shift in dynamics in the pet market, particularly dogs. So, mm-hmm. so broad numbers have gone from sort of nine, eight, nine million dogs in the UK to 12 and a half in, wow. in under 18 months. God, I didn't um, know that much. Yeah, so it's jumped quite significantly. It, that's great. Obviously great for business, but actually it provides us with a lot of challenges, you know. Mm-hmm. There's not necessarily 33% capacity side in many businesses to, yeah, to yeah. handle an overnight and influx in demand. So trying to keep up with that. And um, we've just made a big jump. Um, so we've, I'm from Halifax, Coldale. We've just moved back from Huddersfield, Kirklees, back into Halifax. Okay. Um, into into our new uh, into our new unit. So we're just uh, finding our feet in here a little bit. Um, but you know, ultimately, it's just going to be about nailing service. It, it's very difficult to look for further forward than the next sort of six to 12 months and think expansion, 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 because yeah. just because of the supply chain issues that everyone's facing into, um, yeah. I think what we need to do is absolutely double down on what we're good at right now and mm-hmm. get our service levels to to back where they need to be and get that and get stock moving forward. Um, so people can keep products on the shelves and be yeah. securing the know, securing the fact that they know it's there to order if they need yeah. it. Yeah, fantastic. Well, that sounds great. And if people want to find you, what's the website? How do they get in touch? Yeah, I mean, we're a B2B business, so we're, mm-hmm. you know, we're very much trade focused, but sniffersepetcare.co.uk. Um, if, if you're in the industry, apply for a trade account. <laughs> That's yeah. absolutely fine. <laughs> Fantastic. Brilliant. Simon, I really enjoyed speaking with you, so thank you for making the time. No worries. Thank you. Enjoyed it. Thank, thank you. Thank you.